0: everyone, it's Rabbi Hannah, and this has been a heartbreaking week. For this interview, for this episode of the Hill we recorded it last Wednesday. So this was a couple of days after a white Minneapolis police officer killed an African American man named George Floyd, but it was before the protests erupted across the country. The conversation is still relevant my guests and we have two this week one of them you probably already know sig cohen one of the hill chavara's founders still a pillar of the chavara joining him is someone i met for the first time in this interview brenda richardson she's an activist and community builder from across the anacostia river from capitol hill she lives in ward 8. but she and sig have been friends for many years for the past two years they've been involved in a small, rare group called the Cross River Dialogue. It's a circle of African-Americans and Jews, all from DC, but living in different worlds on either side of the Anacostia River, who've been meeting regularly to talk about various issues and just to chat. And I really wanted to hear more about this group, what they talk about, how they talk to each other, how they've been building these relationships. And I'm so grateful to Brenda and Sig for making the time to talk to me. First, I asked them to introduce themselves and tell us what they've been up to. And remember, when we spoke, it was the pandemic that was very much still at the top of everyone's mind.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am an eco-feminist. I am also a consultant who um, specializes in community engagement and training. Um, I am delighted to be able to live in our nation's capital and connect with all the great things um, that are happening and i think the beauty of of what i've learned i've been in the political arena for quite some time just as a citizen of the district and i'm just so grateful that we have the opportunity to be able to talk to our politicians and help change legislation to make this a better city um, and a better capital.
0: That is the kind of like motivational voice I need in my ear on days when I'm feeling, uh, like everything is impossible or feeling alienated from that process. And before we move on to SIG, can you just tell us like for a moment, what does it mean to be an ecofeminist?
1: An echo feminist can be a man or a woman, but it's a, a person who's willing to protect mother earth. And I don't know if you guys realize it, but the environment is really quite healthy while we the people are not. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting statement, isn't it? What do we do with that? And I just want to say for the record, I love SIG. Oh,
0: okay. So let's move on to SIG. SIG, uh, you know, I've been talking flippantly about how everyone listening to the podcast knows who you are. Obviously, that's not true. Who are you?
2: What are you up to? Uh,
0: where do you live? What's your
2: deal? I'm a 34-year resident of Capitol Hill. I'm blessed with a incredible wife and family. I love being in this community and being involved in this community and knowing people like Brenda. And obviously, the Haberah is one of the, of the high points of my life in terms of its growth. The Cross River Dialogue grew out of a compulsion, I felt almost, that Mm -hmm. bringing African Americans and Jews together in a way that we would build a personal respect and understanding and find ways in which we can collaborate together as a group, as pairs, however, to bring about greater social justice. And so we have been meeting monthly for Mm -hmm. almost two years we comprise, we started with 12, and now we're five African-Americans and five, six Jews. And to quote one member of our group, we have created a, quote, circle of trust among the 11 of us.
0: Yeah. So five African-American participants who aren't Jewish and six Jewish participants who identify right. as white? Right. Okay. I don't know if you want to go into this. Do you wanna talk about the sort of local political climate that, that this community was born out of? I know for me, okay, so it was, it was born in the spring of 2017, which is also when my child was born. So it was a foggy time for me, but I definitely remember uh, there was some drama going on locally.
1: So I so our in 2017, our newly elected council member made a statement about a Jewish family controlling the weather. And I was a little taken aback by that as an African-American woman. And Karen, who's a member of Temple Micah, is one of my dearest friends. We've known each other for almost 30 years now. So you guys, I felt the need to call Karen and apologize for what he said. And I was just kvetching all over the place. And and so when I called her, it generated a conversation for us that we had never had before. And I think that one of the things that I think came out of the formation of this dialogue is that we had an opportunity to speak each other's truth. Karen and I had been having conversations over the years, but one of the things that I've always been fascinated by is what is it like to be white? I would love to be white for one day, just to see what, how I'm treated because, Before I can even get anywhere or do anything, you obviously see that I'm a black woman. Yeah. Yeah. And people have already determined how they're going to treat me before I even open up my mouth. So with this incident with Councilmember White, it made me realize that it goes both ways. Whoa. That's really interesting.
0: Karen, is she a member of the community or she's just a friend of yours?
1: Karen
2: is a member of Cross River Dialogue. Okay. Um, the people in Cross River Dialogue are people who are community active, either on a volunteer basis, on an activist basis, or as builders. And I consider Brenda certainly a builder.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. Cindy. So you guys, I, I think the other thing that we have to be mindful of is that the council member just didn't know I think that sometimes we assume that people know. And when we come from different cultures, we come from different communities, we're exposed to different things. That is the biggest lesson that I learned from that whole experience is that you can't assume that people know.
0: So was that part of creating Cross River Dialogues for you is like education for participants or... Is a cross-river dialogue sort of a different scene, given that the folks in it are, as Sig put it, already super engaged, involved? I mean, well, we're talking about a council member, that's about as engaged, involved, and uh, important as you can get. And you can still have blind spots, even as a very well-educated and important person, for sure. Uh, so I don't know, yeah, was that a part of it, or I was think, that part of a next step?
2: I think that, for me personally, it's been a learning experience learning from one of our members the extent of health inequity on the other side of the river, on the east bank of the river. Uh, I had no idea how dire medical and health conditions are for a significant portion of Washington's population. We've seen a number of perspectives on police-community relations, from very critical to more accepting. And police-community relations have been a constant theme. There have been a lot of other monthly themes, but that's been a dominant one. Um, I think learning about the impact of gun violence on communities such as in Ward 7 and 8 and the profound impact that has over there
1: Mm. has been,
2: for me, educational.
1: Brenda? Well, I think that the dialogue has created an opportunity for me to heal. I can't say anything about anybody else, but it has created an opportunity for me to heal. And, you know, it's, it's just like, for me, I assumed everybody knew how bad we had it east of the river, that we were dealing with violence. And now they're talking about the lethality of the gun violence. It's more lethal than it's ever been. And, and then I, I, I'm always intrigued by people's perspective of the police. I'm a single mother who lives on a street with other single women and seniors. And we need the police. I like MPD because they're here to protect us. Um, But sometimes in our conversations and the dialogue, the men feel a little differently than I do. But I was.
0: So a breakdown by gender,
1: you would say. Absolutely, it's it's broken down. Wouldn't you say that, Sig? Without a doubt.
0: Yeah. Can you break down like why you imagine that might be? I mean, it seems kind of clear, but.
1: Well, so that? I will. I will only use my own example. I have uh, my son is thirty years old now, and Karen and I. I'll never forget. We were in another group, and my son was maybe five years old, and. At the time, I was trying to figure out how am I going to put a camera in my car so that if a police officer kills my son, then I'll know what happened. Oh, God. And Karen just couldn't understand the gravity. Why are you thinking about something like that, and your son is only five years old well he's a black he's going to grow up to be a black man right. and then the other experience I had is I took him to the doctor at George Washington University. He was twelve years old at the time, and we got on the elevator and this white woman got on and she grabbed her purse. And then my son said, well, mom, why did she do that? And so that's when I had to have a conversation with my son about as a black man, you're going to be treated very indifferently because there is this fear. It's not just a fear of, of, of some people have a fear of black people, but black men in particular. So, so I understand the difference as it relates to him being a man and me being a woman. Because my experience, I still you know, have experienced some discriminatory things, but probably not as bad as my son has. One of our
2: Black male members told us that he never got um, a life insurance policy. Why? Because he never thought he'd live long enough to justify
1: buying it. So, man. So Hannah, you know what? So one of the things that I struggle with is happiness. Because when you're confronted with adversity that turns into trauma, that turns into chronic disease, it's very, very challenging for folks to be happy and fulfilled. And when you ask for help, sometimes it's like us and them. And because if you're sitting comfortably in your home, you've got good health and a happy family and income, then you're not gonna be worried about what's happening on the other side of the river when when black folks are dying of COVID more than any other place in the country. That just boggles my mind. We have the highest incidence of women dying of breast cancer east of the river. Well, what are you gonna do about it? So when people, ask me, well, Brenda, what are you going to do about it? Well, sweetheart, I can barely get up and do what I have to do every day, let alone try to champion something else when I'm already traumatized right. by a whole bunch of other things. And I don't have the bandwidth, the brain bandwidth to go outside of that. And the beauty of the dialogue is Rachel of mom's, um, I always get it wrong.
0: Mom's Mom, demand action. She was yeah. just on the Hill Chavarad cast.
1: Yes, I love Rachel too, and and Rachel, um, I'm so grateful I had an opportunity to get to know her because they do things legislatively, mm-hmm. and I kind of work down in the weeds at the grassroots level, mm-hmm. and it was just so comforting to know that she was willing to look at the legislation part of our dilemma so we can continue to do the work at the grassroots level.
0: That's amazing. So she was working in an activist capacity that's very different from the way in which you are doing your activism but like around an issue that's like deeply personal to you and your neighborhood and you're able to like work together on that. That's in the different ways that you're able to. That's amazing. This is,
2: this is one of the great things about Cross River Dialogue. It's quite an effort to do this, and I'm very thankful that our group has sustained itself for this long, and we're continuing to meet month after month.
0: Logistically, how do you make, you have 11 people that you've been finagling for over a year now. Like, how does it work? Like, do people always come? Like, how do you stay together?
2: Well, first of all, it's the same group. The group is fixed. We may have people absent from various of our meetings. Every meeting, one of us is a facilitator. No one owns the circle. Everyone owns the circle.
0: Wow. So how has the group dynamic shifted since it began?
2: I don't, Brenda, for, well, for me, it, oh. it's, I think there's been a deepening sense of trust among yeah. the 11 of us. I mean, there's a huge level of trust when someone is setting something up or engaging in something I want to know about it. And I think others in the group want to know about it. Certainly what Rachel is doing with Moms Demand Action or with another gentleman by the name of Ambrose Lang Jr. is doing with the D.C. Health Alliance or when Maurice Cook is working with Serve Your City, D.C. in the Ward 6 Mutual Aid Network, um, when Ron Moten who runs something called Check It Enterprises. Uh, when there was discussion in the council about supporting an effort of his, I think a lot of us came forward, testify in support of this measure. So it's not like everybody comes together on one issue. There a multiplicity of issues, and we pick and choose how we're going to support each other that way. Brenda, does that make sense?
1: It it does. And I I think it goes even a little deeper for me because this is a group where you can cry together. Mm. I remember um, my mom died and I, I was just so out of sorts. And I went to the group and that was probably one of the best things I could have done that day. And to just know that there are people who genuinely care about you and who respect you and who will allow you to have the time to go through whatever it is that you're going through. Uh, so I, I appreciate it on a much deeper personal level. Um, but the energy that you get from this group is just phenomenal. And that's why I keep coming. So
0: what haven't I asked that I should be asking about?
1: Well, is there anything that you're surprised by as a result of our conversation so far? Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I guess I'm not totally surprised after hearing the first thing you said about the group, but I'm really interested in that. Like when you were grieving the loss of your mother, like this group was like one of the first places you went, you know, Given the relatively short time you've been together, although I know you have long pre-existing relationships with some of the members, um, that's just really impressive. I guess I'm just curious, like, how did you get to that point of building trust in that way? Like, you spoke to working together as activists and supporting each other's causes, and that sounds, pow- like, that sounds like a powerful way to build trust in terms of like, oh, next time I have a panel, i want you to be on it, or next time, you know, like... I want to have an, uh, have an event. I'll ask your organization to be a part of it. But that's not enough to build sort of friendships that you're talking about on like a really emo- emotional, personal level, like to be Brenda, like you said, not Brenda Richardson. So like, how did you get there?
1: Well, Sig, you may not know this because we've never talked about this and I haven't either, but there's this sense of love in our group. It's not just we care genuinely about each other, but I also feel that I am loved. And um, that's what allows me to tear down my wall and and let them in and trust and be able to trust uh, without any uh, doubt. And yes, a lot of the people in the group I do know, and uh, it was just something Rabbi Hannah that was needed at the time, at least for me. And I had a hole and the dialogue filled that hole um, and it made me feel connected. And people assume that because you build communities that you're already connected, not always the case. Yeah. You think yeah. So?
2: I think that there's a, a, a very sincere affection among all of us for each yeah. other. And I think that any or all of us would come to support of any of our mem- of any of us, where the, the call to go out. I'll never forget the meeting when Brenda came and our hearts were on the table for Brenda as well as for each other because other people had had losses as well. I mean, Brenda's was yeah. most immediate. Yeah. I mean, it, there's this affection. She used Brenda's word of love, but we're in this together. Yeah. This, this is what this Cross River Dialogue least for me has achieved. And it's critical that we look at this not look at this as a as as an as a almost as a living organism. It's not just 11 parts to it, but it's it has its own kind of special oneness to it. Is that would you agree, Bryn?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: I never expected this to happen. I mean, it's just like a little miracle.
0: Question, could you could you share a time when folks got frustrated with each other and when there felt like there were differences that
2: were like really hard to get past?
1: Sig, I think it was the police
2: issue, don't you? Well, there, there are two issues. The police issue is significant and then there's one other issue which I despair, having brought up, I'm speaking very personally now,
1: mm.
2: but it's um, Israeli-Palestinian relations. Yes. And yes. I consider that issue the third rail of Jewish discussion. And uh, every so often that subject comes up in terms of Israel and Israel's relations with Palestinians, Israel's behavior in the international community. and um, things can get a little
0: hot. So do you feel like you've sort of talked through it and got to a point where like, you can have those those debates, but like you're, 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 you know, you're in it sort of like, I don't know, I just like listen to my, my spouse and his brothers just like fight about this endlessly, but like, it's cool, they're brothers, they love each other, but rare, you know? Or (laughs) are you just like, let's not, like, we're actually not gonna go there, it is off the table.
2: I hope it's off the table. I mean, I just don't want to get into it. It's a divisive, insoluble issue. I am much more concerned with local issues right here in Washington, right here on both sides of the river. There's huge amounts of work to do uh, in terms of equity, in terms of racial and social justice. And why are we spinning our wheels on this topic? Now, that's that's I speaking. There are other people who look at it differently, but I just don't want to go around it.
0: I hear you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Brenda, thoughts? I, I think that we did have to take that off the table. And the police issue, I'm not sure. We discussed that um, in several meetings, right, Sig? Yeah. The police it, issue. It, it comes and goes. I mean, it's, there are some very hard attitudes
2: about the police in our circle. And I think everybody knows where everybody stands on it. So I think since we know where everybody stands on it and I'm, there's not that much give, I think there are far other important issues that we need to address, that we can support each other on. Mm-hmm. Health equity is one, certainly systemic racism in America is another. We have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Certainly for me, the upsurge in anti-Semitism in this country and globally, is a, that's a huge concern for me. It hasn't come up with that much in our meetings, but um, I just saw something last night on PBS about anti-Semitism, and just
1: it's shaking. What, yeah. What's going
0: on? Are there things that I should be asking that I
1: haven't? Well, a question is why should you care? And you should care because if we're in pain on this side of the river it will eventually spill over to the other side of the river, whether people want to realize that or not.
0: Are there individuals or organizations that you think are doing really good work locally right now that you want people to check out and maybe donate to?
1: Well, I think Martha's Table has been amazing. Hmm. Um, they just opened up um, an office over here and Martha's Table is, I've never seen an organization just get on the ground running, you know? They're feeding people, um, they're checking on people, um, uh, they're having meetings um, by Zoom, they're just doing all these wonderful things and I, I just think that Martha's Table has been a tremendous asset to this community.
2: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Sig, how about you? There are a lot of very basic grassroots group that are doing God's work that many of us just don't know about. Martha's Table is a great example, but there are many that are just doing it without any fanfare or publicity.
1: We're well taken, Sig. I did ditto that.
0: Thank you so much to both of you. This was a lovely conversation to, over here, be a part of. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with our listeners.
2: I want to thank Brenda for agreeing to do this. Oh, so, thank you so- I, I'm so glad you're part of this discussion.
0: So not only has the Cross River Dialogue group been going strong for two years now, a second cohort has formed. And if you would like to be part of a third cohort, connecting with neighbors on both sides of the Anacostia River. Let me know, there might be a cohort in formation. I am so glad that Brenda and Sig were willing to come and have this conversation with me. They spoke about these organizations who are doing such important work without any fanfare. And I really believe that, well, it's probably been the time for a long time now, but this too is the time for Jewish communities to start supporting that work, to be active supporters and followers of Black-led movements working to fix this broken system. On Sunday night, I sent out a message to our community, quoted Sanhedrin 37a, the Talmud. It says, that just as the whole of humanity came from one person, according to our sacred myth in Genesis, the person Adam, so too anyone who destroys one life, it says one life in Israel from the Jewish people, but, you know, we live in a much less parochial time now, I would say this refers to anybody, anyone who destroys one life, it's as if they destroyed an entire world. When George Floyd was killed, an entire World was destroyed. And so too anyone who sustains one life. It's as if they sustained an entire world. It's our time to do that work. Talk to you next time. Oh shalom peace is not an absence of war it is a work Justice and it is hard to find. It is hard to find. Oh, say shallow. Been from my way. I say shallow. My head, they'll go. Israel, they'll go. they Imahu amen. amenu amen. amenu amen. amenu amen. amenu amen. amenu amen